Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. What's up, guys? Welcome back to an impromptu edition of the Glory UGA podcast. I don't want to call it an emergency pod because I don't think the subject matter really necessitates us elevating this to an emergency pod, but this is impromptu. This is off the cuff, wasn't planning on doing this, but here I am because we have what I believe is some big time breaking news to discuss. This news broke today. It's a commitment. It might have kind of flown under the radar for some of you guys, but to me, I, I was on cloud nine all day, guys, because I think we just got a massive commitment. But before we get into that, I want to make sure to remind you guys, this podcast is brought to you by our very good friends at Alumni Hall. I know a lot of you are coming to town this weekend for G-Day, so if you're coming up 316, you pass by the Iconic Connector, it's a quick little turn into the Epps Bridge Shopping Center, and you'll find that little slice of heaven that we Georgia Bulldogs like to call Alumni Hall. So stock up on all your spring and summer Georgia gear while you are in town. And if you're not in town, it's all good. Just go to alumnihall.com and you can find all the same great gear that everyone can find in store. So make sure you check that out this weekend, guys. But yeah, I'm your host, Tyler. And again, this is uh, kind of an off-the-cuff kind of thing. I don't even have any idea how long this episode will be because I don't really have much of a plan other than getting on here and just kind of waxing poetic today because I'm excited, guys. I'm very excited about the breaking news that hit today that we have picked up our 12th commitment of our 2024 recruiting class, a dude by the name of Niterion. He goes by Nitro Tuggle. You very well may have never heard of this guy before today, and I really don't blame you. This is a dude from Napanee, is how I'm going to pronounce that, Napanee, Indiana, Northwood High School, and he's not a really highly rated guy. So I don't blame you if you had never heard of this guy prior to, to reading those commitment reports earlier today. I don't blame you one bit. And to be entirely honest with you guys, you know how we usually do do things on the Glory UGA podcast. We obviously cover recruiting, but rarely do we do individual episodes 
for commitments. I mean, we get commitments, you know, 25 to 30 a year, and we don't do 25 to 30 breaking news reports on each commitment. We just don't typically do that. We try to work them in to mailbag episodes, wait for you guys to ask about them, see what you're interested in, or we try to fit them into to other episodes kind of somewhere down the line. That's usually how we do it. We've only done a handful of these like breaking news commitment stories. And usually we reserve this for big time, like five-star commitments. Like if Dylan Riola eventually commits to Georgia, which by the way, I think that's going to happen, but we'll get to that another day. But if Riola does end up committing to Georgia, obviously we are going to do a breaking news, like emergency podcast on that because I mean, that's the one overall prospect in the entire country. That's big time news. That's, that's headline news across the country, across the world of college football. But for a commitment like this, it's not really headline news across the country. I mean, people in Southern California, they're not paying attention to this. People in Columbus, Ohio and Ann Arbor, Michigan, they're not really paying attention to this. So it's not normally something that we would just say, oh, right, I'm going to carve out some time today just to talk about this one commitment. But that's exactly what I am going to do today because I felt compelled, guys. I felt compelled. I, I was at work today. I was like, man, I cannot wait to get home and fire up that mic and just scream from the mountaintops about how good this guy is. I mean, I was giddy all day at work. I had a huge smile on my face all day long. I'm generally a pretty happy guy on the regular, but today, a little extra something going today. I was very, very excited when this news broke early this morning. A little inside baseball here. So you guys know I've got a little gig where I'm working with Dogs Daily right now doing some writing for them. So I was tipped off to this um, before it hit, a little bit before it hit. And uh, I actually wrote the commitment article for Dogs Daily, put that together. And man, I was the entire time I was sitting there typing, I was actually at work a little time, probably wasn't supposed to, don't tell anybody guys, don't, don't wrap me out on this. But I was at work and and we'll say, we'll call it a break. I took a little bit of a break and hammered out that commitment article and the entire time I'm just sitting there typing away with this like ridiculous smile on my face. And I was giddy, I'm not lying, that's, that's the only word I can think of. I was absolutely giddy with excitement on hearing about this commitment. And so I got it ready to go and I sent it to my editor and I was just waiting. Because that, at that point, he still had not committed yet. And, you know, I, I felt like it was going to happen because I had gotten that heads up. Okay, this is going to happen for some people who know these things. But you never know. It's recruiting. And, and things change like on a whim in an instant when it comes to recruiting. So I'm sitting there waiting on pins and needles, just waiting for it to happen. Because, you know, number one, I'm really excited about getting this guy's commitment. I think this guy is going to be crazy awesome. Number two, you know, I took the time to, to type out this article. So I would love for it to actually like get out there to people. And boom, it hits. And very, very, very exciting stuff. But before I really dive fully into why I am so hyped up about this commitment, let me just very quickly give you the backstory on Nitro Tuggle. So this is a guy that we didn't really offer all that long ago. We only offered him about a month and a half ago, February 22nd is when we actually extended that official offer. And I, I saw that we offered him back then, but you know, I didn't think much of it because he wasn't this high profile guy at that time. And you know, these programs, guys, the way recruiting works, you throw offers to a lot of, of prospects around the country, but not all of those offers are, are committable. And I know that seems weird. Like you think, okay, when you offer a guy, so that means you're like, you're ready to take his commitment, right? You think that highly of him. That's not exactly how it works because you you don't want to like offend guys even though they might not be number one or number two or even number three on your board you have to have all your bases covered in case you strike out on those first couple targets on your board at whatever position and if you wait to offer some of these guys and let's say you you know you don't find out that you miss on your first or second target until like i don't know October, November, December and you haven't offered your backup plans yet if you wait all the way till that point to offer them then that that's like a sign of disrespect to these guys. They take that personally. 
And I'm not saying that that, that means necessarily they, they won't commit to your program. They completely eliminate you from consideration. That doesn't always happen. Sometimes they just really want to come to your, your university, but it does happen a lot of times. So you can't just sit there and wait like that. That's just not how it works. You got to throw these offers out, but you're also up front with these players and you have to tell them. And that's a tough conversation. But you usually tell these guys that, look, you know, here's kind of where you are in our board. You know, we're waiting to hear from this guy or that guy. And uh, but if they if they end up going somewhere else or, you know, something happens down the line, then then you're next in line. So just, you know, if you want to come here, we, we really like you. Uh, if you're into coming here, just just hold on. Let's just see what happens. Or sometimes if your board is pretty muddled and you see a lot of these guys at about the same level, you just tell them, hey, look, we got three spots. We're, we're offering six, seven guys, and the first we commit, that's who gets these spots. Sometimes you do that. It just kind of depends on how your board shakes out and, and how your coaches are approaching and how you feel about these those different prospects. So to be entirely honest, when I saw us throw that commitment out on February 22nd, I didn't, I didn't know if it was committable or not. I really didn't. Clearly, it was because he's on our commitment list now. We took that commitment, but I wasn't sure at the time. So we offered him on February 22nd, and then he visited for spring practice. He actually visited the weekend of the first scrimmage, so that was what, like the weekend of March 31st through April 2nd. That was actually the weekend that I was out of town, and that's where I really started to pay attention to this guy. I had saw, I had seen that we had offered him back on February 22nd. Didn't think much of it because the guy wasn't all that highly rated. I wasn't sure if it was committable, all that, right? But when I see that he's visiting during spring practice, on his own dime, and he's not from the southeast. Not like this is a quick drive for the guy. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, interesting. This is this is very very interesting. And at that point, I had still not seen this guy's tape. That's why I was questioning, like you know, back when we offered him on February 22nd, is this guy does he have a committable offer or not? I just didn't, I didn't really take it seriously. So I didn't want to spend the time watching the tape. Sometimes I will. I just didn't have the time at that point. So I was just like, you know, whatever. But again, once he comes to spring practice, takes in that first spring scrimmage. I really started to pay attention. I'm like, okay, all right, maybe this is something. Maybe this is something that has legs to it. So at that point, that's where I decided to go and watch that tape. When guys start making those unofficial visits on their own dime, especially when they're not from the southeast, where it's a quick little trip, that's when I'm like, okay, there's something going on here. Let me take this seriously. Let's turn on this tape. So even though I was out of town that weekend, you know, I had 10 minutes. I found 10 minutes to just turn on that tape on my phone, sit there and watch that huddle tape. And dear baby Jesus, this guy is a flat out baller. I'm not sure I can actually overemphasize to you how good this guy is at this stage in his career. To say that I was blown away by his junior tape is quite the understatement. I was absolutely floored by his high school tape. That high school tape knocked me out. An uppercut straight to the chin knocked me flat out, guys. That's how good that tape is. Just unbelievable stuff. But again, like the average Georgia fan who might not have seen his tape like I was up until a couple of weeks ago, on the surface, you see this commitment. If you hadn't watched that tape, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I see the report here. He's a three stars, number 457 overall, the 65th ranked receiver in the country. I mean, like, okay, cool, but whatever. That's just another, like, ho-hum commitment. I, I understand, like, how someone might have that reaction to this type of commitment. But I'm telling you guys, please do not fall into that trap. I get it. I really, really do. We're all guilty of this sometimes. 
I call it stargazing. I'm sure I'm not the only person that calls it that, but that's what I call it. I call it stargazing, where you don't really bother to take that extra step and really form your own opinion on the player based on tape. But you say, oh, three-star, okay. And you feel a kind of way about a dude just because he's a three-star. You feel a certain way about a guy because he's a four-star. You're really high on the guy, and you're so excited to get this commitment because he's a five-star. I'm not going to say I'm completely innocent of that. I've certainly fallen prey to that at various times in my life. I, I've been around a long time. I follow this stuff for a long time. So I've, I've tried to have more of an open mind and kind of rid myself of the stargazing. But it still happens to all of us at times, right? Like if it's a guy that you've never seen on tape, it's, it's almost like a natural reaction. when you If you haven't seen a guy and you hear, oh, George's recruiting this guy, he's a three-star, and we might land this guy, you're like, oh, I mean, I, mean, I trust Kirby, Right? I mean, Kirby knows what he's talking about. So if Kirby wants him, I guess he's good. But you don't get that excited. It's like, well, he's only a three-star. Now, if it's a five-star, it's like, holy crap, I want that guy. But please, guys, don't fall victim to the stargazing this time around. All I'm going to ask you to do is if you haven't done it yet, before you make up your mind about this guy, I mean, don't even take my word for it. I'm, I'm giving you my opinion, but don't just take my word for it. Go form your own opinions. And how do you do that? You turn on the tape. It's like seven minutes long, guys. It's worth the watch. And you can form your own opinion. Now, you know, highlight tapes are highlight tapes. I prefer full games. I haven't seen this guy play a full game. But it's what we have right now. And, you know, while it only shows his best plays, doesn't show him playing and play out. So you don't see maybe what he doesn't do as well. Just seeing what this guy is capable of, I think that gives you insight to how good he can be and how good I believe that he ultimately will end up being. I mean, really, guys, I, I defy you. Like, if you watch the tape, I defy you to look up and say, yeah, I mean, they got his ranking right. No, not even close, not even remotely close. And that's not a shot at the guys who do rankings. I think generally speaking, these recruiter, these recruiting guys who do the rankings, they do the best job they can with what they have to work with. It's really an impossible job. They just don't have the manpower to see all of these recruits across the country. I mean, guys, think about it. Think about how many high school football players are out there across the United States of America. Think about how many guys are going to end up at Power 5 schools this year and in every recruiting cycle. There are, what, I think 69 Power 5 programs now with the additions the Big 12 is making this year. I think there's 69 with those teams and including Notre Dame. So let's say on average, every Power 5 program is going to take 25 recruits per cycle. Sometimes they take more, sometimes they take less, just depends on their numbers. But let's just say on average, 25. That comes out to like over 1,700 guys are going to end up at Power 5 schools every single recruiting cycle. And that's not even to mention the guys that end up at some of these, you know, higher group of five schools, these higher profile group of, group of five schools like Tulane, or I guess Cincinnati used to be, but you still have programs like SMU, Boise State, places like that. I mean, you're talking about 2,000 guys plus that end up at pretty big time schools. And these recruiting services have, you know, sometimes what, five or six guys, maybe 10 guys, a handful of guys that do the rankings. It's just an impossible job. It's really hard to dig into that many recruits with that little manpower. So it's not me taking a shot at those guys. They do the best they can. They really do. But I mean, there are limitations in, in their ranking systems. Like there are holes in how and how the process works. These guys, since they don't have the manpower to see all of these recruits across the country in every state, they have to rely on camps because that's where they can see these guys up close and personal. So a lot of these guys get ranked high, 
a lot of times it's guys that for a couple of years have been coming to these camps where these, where these recruiting writers are, these guys who do the rankings. It's where these guys see them up close and personal. So if you don't come to these camps, maybe sometimes you know there's not a camp near you or you don't have somebody to take you, you don't have the money to get there, or maybe you just don't care. It's not something you're really interested in. That can certainly work against you when it comes to your rankings in a given recruiting class. And so they rely on that. And then absent seeing these guys, they rely on commitments. So they assume that, okay, a guy that gets a, an offer from Georgia and he's able to actually commit to Georgia or to Alabama, for instance, then that guy must be pretty good. Maybe we should actually like pay more attention to him and dig a little deeper on that guy. And then they dig a little deeper and like, oh, uh, yeah, we uh, we dropped the ball on him. We we overlooked him. This guy is legit. Let's let's readjust his ranking. So that that happens consistently every single class. And, he, and again, the, the recruiting rank, rankers, these guys that do that for a living, they do their best and they'll update the. That's why they update the rankings, you know, every couple of months because like this process kind of plays out that way. So some of these uncommitted guys that haven't gone to camps and they haven't seen them in person for a couple of years, maybe they go, maybe they played a smaller school in kind of a, a random remote area of the country. Those kind of guys tend to get lost in the shuffle. And sometimes they just kind of get thrown in there with like a randomish type ranking. I don't want to say it's entirely random, but in some ways it kind of is. And so that's how things like the infamous Bama bump used to happen. If you guys aren't familiar with that term, people use that to talk about how, okay, Bama gets this guy. He's like a, a three star ranked like the 600s, but as soon as he gives to Bama, the next rankings update, oh, boom, this guy's like a top 100 guy. That's how the Bama bump happens. People like to think that's bias in favor of Alabama. That's not really what it is. It's just, it's the fact that these recruiting writers maybe didn't see that guy because they don't have the manpower and he was kind of off the radar. But when Bama takes his commitment, oh, all of a sudden that guy is now on the national radar. So let's pay attention to him. You pay attention to him. You're like, oh, this guy is legit. There's a reason why Nick Saban is going to take his commitment. And they readjust the rankings accordingly. We're getting that treatment now. And I think that is what you will end up seeing with Nitro Tuggle. I think he will get, if we want to call it his Georgia bump, that's going to happen. And obviously, look, guys, rival fan base is going to call it a Georgia bump, just like we've been calling it a Bama bump for years and years. So like, whatever. But that's how it happens. I mean, this guy is legit. His tape is incredible. He just kind of fell between the cracks with how the recruiting, the ranking process works. But now that he's on the national radar, he's on my radar, he's on your radar, he's on 247's radar now, he's on on 3's radar, he's on Rivals' radar, he's on ESPN's radar, he's on everybody's radar now because Georgia, the two-time defending national champion, took his commitment. Well, they're going to turn on the tape. They're going to look at this guy a little closer. They're going to say, oh, um, yeah, we missed that one because he's now on the radar. And here's another thing, guys, that's going to increase his, his recruiting profile. So he is from, again, make sure I'm pronouncing this right. I'm not even sure if I am pronouncing this right. He is from Napanee, Indiana. If there's anyone out there from Napanee, Indiana, I highly doubt there is, but there is. Let me know if I'm saying that right. If, I, if I'm saying it wrong, I, I sincerely apologize. I give my best shot. Never heard of that town in my life. I'm a Georgia boy. I don't really pay attention to what's going on in Indiana outside of like maybe Bloomington during college basketball season. But he's been playing at Northwood High School in Indiana for his entire high school career, as far as I know. But I have I have it on pretty good authority, guys. Um, I'm very confident, actually, that he is going to transfer to IMG Academy, the base, basically the athletic boarding school in in Bradenton, Florida, for his senior year. Clearly, that will raise his profile even more. It's one of the most high-profile high school programs out there. I mean, it's basically a college program. It's not really technically, but they kind of operate that way. And we have had a lot of success recruiting IMG. For a long time. So now Tuggle is a guy that only is committed to Georgia, but it's looking likely that he's going to end up playing his senior year at IMG. So this guy is going to fully be on the national radar 
his senior year, and he's going to have a lot of eyes on him. And I, I fully believe when those eyes get on him, they're going to fall in love with what they see, and this guy is going to skyrocket up the rankings. Because again, like right now, he's a three-star dude. He's not even in the top 450. He's not even a top 65 receiver. It's insane to me, guys. Honestly, again, I know this is. I I, I know this sounds like a shot at these recruiting rank rankers. I don't mean it that way, but like, just watch the tape. Like, you're gonna be like me, guys. If you haven't seen the tape, or if you have, like, you, I'm sure you had the same reaction. Like, there's there's 64 receivers in this country better than this guy. Like, there's 456 players better than him. Like, oh no, no, that's um, that's not right. No, not even not even good. Not even remotely close. That's entirely asinine. And again, I, I truly do believe the, the guys who do the recruiting rankings, they will feel the exact same way once they pay a little more attention. I just don't think they really pay attention to this point. And if you don't want to listen to me, again, that's fine. Like, make up your own mind. But I think another really good gauge of how talented a player actually is coming out of high school and a way to kind of look at some of these guys that might be really undervalued and really underrated early on in the cycle. And again, right now, it's very, very early in this 2024 recruiting class, guys. The rankings will be updated several times. He's going to move up. But if you look at some of the offers this dude has, obviously from Georgia, a committable offer. He is now committed. He's got, he had an offer from Auburn, he had an offer from Florida, an offer from Miami, from Michigan, from Ole Miss, from Oregon, from Penn State, from Texas A&M, from Washington, from Michigan State. This dude had offers from a ton of big-time programs around the country, big-time Power 5 programs. That tells you something. That the ranking doesn't really seem to align with his offer sheet. And to me, I generally tend to lean on the offer sheet because those coaches, they do this for a living. They evaluate these kind of guys for a living. Their, their jobs, their livelihood depends on it. I tend to trust them more than I do you know, five or six, a handful of recruiting writers who don't really have the manpower to see all these guys. These coaching staffs, these college programs, they have recruiting departments. They have support staff members whose entire job is to sit there and pour over this tape and kind of raise the awareness of these coaches. Like, hey, this guy might be somebody you want to take a look at. And they'll bring it to the coach. Coach will watch and say, oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go talk to this guy. Let's go offer this guy. Those recruiting services don't have anything like that. So I tend to look more at the Olivers than I do at the rankings, especially at this early point in, in this cycle. But more than anything, what I lean on is my personal judgment. Now, I'm not saying I'm always right. I'm not. You know, I, I'd like to think I'm right more often than I'm wrong. But, you know, you miss some here or there. But I like to form my own opinions on these things. And the way you form your own opinions on these dudes is to watch the tape. Now, again, I like to watch the, the actual games as much as I can. So I have a subscription to this site, NFH, NFHS.com, uh, which basically is a, is a data, it's not a database. It's a streaming site where you can go and stream games from across the country. So I watch a lot of high school football games uh, during the fall, but I, I haven't watched any of his games. I'm going to go try to find some later this week when I have a chance to sit down and see if I can find some on that site, maybe watch a full game. Right now, all I've seen is tape, but I've seen enough to feel very strongly, in my opinion, on this guy. And let's let's break down his game this way. I, I know people always want comps. Like, who is this guy like? What's his game like? Who do you compare him to? And I've gotten asked that several times already today. So I want to give you my thoughts on that. Now, take it with a grain of salt, guys. I, I mean, this is just my take. This is what I see. You might see something entirely different. That's fine. What I see is a combination of two receivers that have very recently been a part of the Georgia program. I see a little bit of George Pickens, and I see a little bit of A.D. Mitchell. 
Now, obviously, George is in the NFL with the Steelers. AD, see you, dude. He's gone. He's at Texas, whatever. But I see a combo of those two receivers. And I know you're like, so you're telling me this guy's going to be as good as George Pickens and AD Mitchell put together? Um, Not exactly, but also maybe. Like, I'm not going to sit here and discount that. And I'm sure some detractors out there will point at me and say, dude, that's just recency bias. And, and maybe I'm guilty of that. Maybe. Sure. But I really believe that. Maybe Pickens and Mitchell are just fresh in my mind. But when I watch Nitro Tuggle play, those are the two guys that I see over and over again. And let me explain why I see a little bit of each of these guys. Let's start with Mitchell. You know, think about AD Mitchell, guys. I know he's gone, but let's just think about what we saw, for, well, when he was actually on the field, which, you know, how many games does this guy actually play? I don't know. Not, not that many. He never actually played a full season for us, but whatever. But when AD Mitchell was on the field and we saw this guy play, there's a couple things that stood out. His size, you know, 6'4", about 190, 200 in that range, tall, lean, long, and AD was very, very twitchy for a guy that size, had really good hips. I see a lot of the same things in Nitro Tuggle. Those guys have very similar physical profiles in the 6'3", 6'4", range, about 190, 200. Again, they're both tall, pretty lean right now, not, you know, not super well filled out, also very long. And just like Mitchell, Tuggle is extraordinarily twitchy. I mean, honestly, guys, dare I say even twitchier than A.D. Mitchell? I mean, this guy's hips are out of this world. His elusiveness is really, it's off the charts for any size. Like even a guy who's like one of those shifty slot receivers, like a 5'8", 5'9 guy, he'd be twitchy and elusive for that kind of guy. At six foot three, that kind of elusiveness is almost unheard of. You just simply do not see that. It's extremely rare. But why does that matter? Why does it have me excited? Well, a couple things, guys. Number one, obviously, elusiveness in the open field makes you a massive threat with the ball in your hands, and he is, guys. I mean, you get him involved in a lot of different ways. A lot of times, these bigger, taller, like, ex-receiver types, you know, they run those go routes. They, they want to catch those vertical, vertical shots, those kind of things. So they're not, like, dynamic in the screen game. Oh, no, no, not, not this guy. Like, you, you get him involved in the screen game. Sure, you get him involved in the vertical passing game. You get him involved in any way, shape, or form. You run him on some dig routes, get him in space. This guy is with the ball in his hands in the open field, he is an absolute home run threat. No doubt about it. So that's a big part of it. But also the route running. Like to be able to get in and out of your breaks, to make those sharp cuts, it really helps you to have those kind of hips, that twitchiness, that elusiveness, that fluidity that this guy has in spades. Now he's, I will say he's not like entirely polished at this point. Now remember, he he's the tape we've got out there. It's his junior tape. So we got another full year, and there's usually a pretty big jump between your your junior and your senior year, at least for a lot of these guys, especially in terms of like filling out and that kind of thing. Uh, but I, I still think he's he's pretty polished for a, a guy at that stage in his career, especially playing at the kind of high school he's playing at and the state he's playing at, where high school football is not as big of a deal. He goes to IMG against that kind of training. This guy is going to be even better coming into his first year at Georgia. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But so I, I do think he has some room to grow in terms of route running and kind of polishing that stuff up. But you can see he's got the tools and he does it really well at times. I would like to see him be a little more consistent with it. Maybe use his shoulders, use his head a little bit more to kind of create some of that separation. But the hips are there. He's got the goods. So that's why I see a lot of A.D. Mitchell in him. Now, as far as George Pickens goes, I mean, you guys saw Pickens play. I mean, you know what that guy was capable of. You know what his game was. The body control. That's what separated George. I mean, his body control was, was out of this world. 
And you see very similar things from Nitro Tuggle. Now, I'm not ready to say, like, I think that his elusiveness, his twitchiness is maybe a step higher than A.D. Mitchell at that size, which is crazy because Mitchell is really twitchy. I'm not yet ready to say he has quite George Pickens level body control, but at the same time, it's not that far off, again, as a junior in high school. It's certainly like in the conversations, in the ballpark. So he's got the body control. And he also has those ball skills, man. He's just got the hands where he can contort his body around. You put the ball anywhere near him. He's just going to go up and he is going to come down with that football. Make those absurd catches a lot like George Pickens. He showed that consistently over and over again in his tape. So you put all this together, guys. You have the twitchiness, the elusiveness, the hips, the route running, the body control, the ball skills, the size, the length. That's why I think I see a cross between George Pickens and A.D. Mitchell. And that, my friends, is a very, very scary thought for anyone who's going to be playing the Georgia Bulldogs in the next couple of years when you got to face off against this guy. I, I truly believe that. I mean, guys, I, I, if you haven't figured this out already, I am extremely high on Nitro Tuggle. In fact, I'm convinced. I'm already convinced, and I, I'm trying to, like, rein myself in here. I'm trying to, because again, it's just, you know, it's one highlight tape. I want to see full games. I want to see him at IMG. I want to see him at camps. I want to see him at, hopefully gets an All-American invite. I want to see him the All-American practices and the All-American game. I would love to see that, but I think I've seen enough already. And I, you know, I I don't know, maybe I'm overreacting here, guys. I just don't think so. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say I bet a thousand in my evaluations of these guys, but I feel like I do a pretty good job with it. I mean, not to pat myself on the back here, but you know, just to kind of build my credentials a little bit. Remember I told you guys about Brock Bowers. I told you guys about him during COVID before he ever stepped foot on the University of Georgia campus. I told you he was going to be a dude. And now, I mean, I didn't know he was going to be this good, but I thought he was going to be freaking crazy awesome. I thought he was going to play a lot as a freshman. And lo and behold, he turns out to be the best tight end probably in Georgia history. Maybe best tight end in, I don't know how long, in college football. I told you guys Lab McConkie was going to be a player for us and that if we didn't take him, we were going to regret that. You know, he was going to be a guy that was going to go to a place like Kentucky or Vanderbilt and just be a thorn in our ass forever because I thought he was going to be that good. So I was really excited when we took him and everyone's like, dude, like chill out. I mean, it's just a, he's a five foot nothing nobody. Like, why are you excited? I was like, because this guy can play. So again, I'm not saying I bet a thousand, but you know, I've, I, I kind of trust my evaluations and I'm gonna trust it here, and maybe I'll end up being wrong. Maybe I will. I mean, I if I if I am, I'll own it. It's fine. You know, there's plenty of times I get things wrong. Back in the day, coming out of high school, I was convinced that Richard Samuel was gonna be incredible, and um, he wasn't. Great athlete, but kind of a tweener. Never really found his position. So I don't know every single evaluation, but I I feel like I, I trust what I what I see, and I really really like what I see in Nitro Tuggle right now, guys. I, I believe that. I think, I am convinced. I am convinced that Tuggle is a future alpha number one wide receiver. He's the next guy. He is the next guy for us at wide receiver. Dominic Lovett, I believe, is going to be the guy for us this year. I think he's going to be that guy this year. But Tuggle is the next one. He's the next one. And maybe there's somebody in the interim between Dominic Lovett and Nitro Tuggle. Maybe a guy like C.J. Smith, I'm hearing some good things about, steps it up with his crazy speed athleticism. I'm hearing a lot of good things about Early enrollee Anthony Evans, Yazid Haynes, maybe one of these guys steps up and does that before you know you get a chance to have Nitro Tuggle really here with the program. But once he gets here, I think Nitro Tuggle is going to be that guy. I truly do believe that. We'll see. We'll see. 
We'll have to revisit this in a couple of years. I could be right. I could be wrong. I don't know. But right now, I'm just telling you my thoughts at this moment in time. I love this guy. I absolutely love him. In fact, I love him so much, I came on here and talked for 30 minutes just about this one guy, and I never, ever, or I should say, very, very rarely do that, especially for a three-star guy. So that should give you some sort of indication of just how high I am on Nitro Tuggle. But all right, guys, that's all I got for you. This is, again, a quick impromptu show. Wasn't playing on this. Had no notes. Just kind of want to come on here and, and uh, again, scream from the mountaintops about how good I believe this guy is. But I will be back with you guys one more time later this week for our G-Day preview episode. I'm trying to work it out with Curtis to get our schedules lined up. I have kind of a, a crazy work schedule this week, and uh, I don't know. I mean, we're we're going to try to work it out, but if not, at the very least, I'll be on here, and I'll have a G-Day preview for you guys. Would not leave you hanging. You know that, guys. That's never going to happen. But uh, yeah, thank you for being on here today, guys. Thanks for jumping on with me. I just felt compelled. Had to get on here and, um, and talk a little about Nitro Tuggle, but I'll see you guys later this week. Thanks for being here. As always, go dogs. <laughs>